Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, where it's 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory. There's great pre owned inventory. With the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a service department that, look, they get a lot of work because they have great technicians, and they're looking for more. In fact, if uh, you're somebody that has experience, maybe you're looking for an entry-level job. Maybe you want a career change. They'd love to hear from you. You can stop by in person. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com or call Todd at 286-7746. A lot to get to here in the opening half hour. Start with last night's game down at Clemson. Uh, it was one where <sighs> Penn State, for the first 18 minutes, had control of the game. They built a 10 point lead. Didn't score a point the last couple of minutes of the first half. All right. You know, that happens. But you know what? You know, you're like, okay, six-point lead at halftime? Eh, it's probably about right considering whether everything played out. Sure. Okay. All right. But the problem that you have is that the last two minutes of the second half was not the aberration. It carried over into the first ten minutes or so of the second half. So they went through a 12-minute stretch where offensively they just couldn't generate anything. Now, let's give credit where credit's due. Clemson changed up a couple things defensively. One was putting Hunter Tyson, a bigger man, on Jalen Pickett. And they took a page out of the Virginia Tech book and became a far more physical team against Pickett and against Penn State. And for a period of time, that worked. But the odd thing about last night is this. If you're going to tell me that Cameron Winner's going to get 26 points, Pickett's going to get 23, and Seth Lundy's going to get 23, you're talking about three guys combining for 71 points. I'm telling you, this game's a rout. Instead, they lost in double overtime, and it's because of that 12-minute stretch. Clemson did just enough offensively in that 12-minute stretch, just enough. But Penn State could not generate anything offensively in that 12-minute stretch. They just really couldn't. And the ball was sticking more. There wasn't quite the same ball movement. And even though they hit 11 threes last night, They had some wide-open shots they just could not knock down. So the old saying about live by the three, die by the three, they may not have died by it last night, but there wasn't the consistency to it that we had seen from them earlier. 
Andrew Funk, then, you know, I mean, you fall behind and you're playing uphill after controlling the first 18 minutes. The first 18 minutes, Penn State is in control of the game. No getting around it. They are in control. But after this point, that 12-minute stretch, last two, first half, first 10, second half, not there. And that became a big issue. And they just could not overcome that to the point where now they're playing uphill. Then they fight back. Suddenly they fight back and get to within. They tie the game at 58. And they fall behind again. Now they're down by 7 with 45 seconds to go. And they go on a 9-2 run to close regulation. And Andrew Funk banks in a three-pointer from the wing. He banked in a three-pointer from the wing. Really. You, sir, are my hero! So... I don't know. It's then they go to overtime, and in over the first overtime, both teams played really, really well. I thought Penn State was a little bit better in the first overtime. They had one chance in the first overtime to make it a two possession game, and that's the one shot that they missed in that segment. Cam Winter missed a shot, which you're like, okay, all right. They had a chance to make it a two-possession game, and they, it kind of felt like that was an opportunity that went by the boards. Then the game gets tied up, and they had 5.7 seconds to go. And for some reason, every single player in the country thinks you got to take a three-point shot at the end. What are you doing? 5.7 is a long time. Now, for you and me, it goes by in a blink. For an athlete that can cruise up the floor, 5.7 is easy. I felt like Jalen Pickett should have kept going. It said he pulled up for a three at the top, you know, and he missed it. I mean, you could tell when it left his hand, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna make it. Uh, but the um, uh, it just and then you get to the second overtime, and Hemingway would have been good. I mean, not great. I mean, he'd be good. Um, uh, knocked home a three to start the second overtime. He kind of felt like, oh boy, all right. Now you're playing uphill again. On a night where you're not hitting threes. So. So both teams six and two and. Penn State will, they don't play again until a week from today. It will take on Michigan State and the George Center. Michigan State's got Notre Dame coming up tonight, as a matter of fact. Um, And Michigan State will be without Malik Hall. And I think Malik Hall is a really good college basketball player. Inside, outside, post-up, defense, he's, you know, he not, may not be the star of stars, but he's a really good 
college basketball player. And he's out three weeks. It's a foot injury for him. So he won't play tonight, and in all likelihood is not playing against Penn State next Wednesday. It's the only meeting between Penn State and Michigan State in the regular season. And, yep. So that's the story on last night. Any questions about last night? At least that's how I saw it. I just felt like that was the... It just kind of felt like that 12-minute stretch forced them to play uphill, and it just, you know, after controlling the game, and that was, to me, that was that ended up being the reason why it was not a successful game in the end. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and even, too, I, I think the ESPNU, ESPNU commentators even said it pretty well, too. We knew going into this game, both teams were good three-point shooting teams, a little bit less as a regular field goal shooting team. Whoever's going to hit more of those was probably going to win the game. Penn State did that better in the first half. Clemson did a better job of that in the second half. Plus, they did better with the paint and got some key offensive rebounds, too. And that hurt Penn State, too. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there 100%. And, by the way, uh, Wes Durham did the game last night. He's one of the best in the Yes, business. I enjoyed listening to him, watching him Wes, last night. We're going to get Wes on the show because Sweet. He, 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 well, he comes up to me before the game. I didn't know he was doing the game. He comes up to me before the game, and Wes and I go back, I don't know, 30 years? I mean, the first the first job he had doing play-by-play was Marshall. It's the first time I met him. And then the next time I saw him, he was doing Vanderbilt. Then the next time I saw him, he was doing Georgia Tech. I, then he added in the Falcons. Now he's doing the ACC Network. Uh, but he is one of the best, and... Uh, you know, he, he says, he says, you know what? He says, says, you know what bugs me? And I said, what's that? He says, says my phone blew up. I said, yeah, okay. He says, I lost your number. I said, oh, okay. I said, we're going to get him on the show, by the way. So now, now that he has my number, he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do the show. So we'll get Wes on the show. His father was a great play-by-play announcer, the late Woody Durham. Okay, I didn't uh, know that. Uh, North Carolina. And, you know, Wes really probably could have had that job, but he's carved out his own life, his own career, his own, you know, and he's the Atlanta Falcons play-by-play guy. We actually had Wes on the show when uh, the Falcons were going to the Super Bowl. One of the really good guys out the great announcer. So I'm sure everybody enjoyed very much listening to uh his broadcast last night. There's certain people that bring a certain gravitas to a to a broadcast. Wes is one of those guys. So that's basketball. We'll get to the football part in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory trained techs take care of 
your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. Okay, so now let's uh, turn our attention to football. And we'll start with the all-Big Ten teams. Uh, The offensive side was named today, and the freshman of the year is Nicholas Singleton. Uh, So Nicholas Singleton is the uh, Big Ten freshman of the year. To me, he represents all of them. He represents Catron Allen. He represents Abdul Carter. He represents tonight Dennis Sutton, Zane Duran, Drew Shelton. Um, you know, he represents all those people along the way. He represents KJ Winston, Cam Miller. I mean, they got. I mean, this is some freshman class. I'm not so sure. I've seen. Look, there are groups that come in as freshmen and have tremendous impact over the program for years. I'm not so sure I've seen a freshman class have the immediate in impact as a freshman class than this one. Totally agree. Been pretty fun I mean, to watch. By, I mean, the not just the the level of contribution, but the number of players that have made the contribution. And Singleton ends up being the Big Ten freshman of the year. Uh, the rest of it is um, is interesting. Um, so Olufashinu is second team by the coaches and third team by the media. Juice Scruggs, Brent Strange, both coaches third team. The honorable mention went to Bryce Effner, Hunter Norzad, Katron Allen, Parker Washington, Sal Wormley, Sean Clifford, and Brenton Strange. Allen was actually honorable mentioned by the media, not the coaches. Really. I don't know. Um, now I, you know, and to be fair with everybody, I'm not going to make many comments about the selections. I think you you can make your own opinions. I'm not going to because I am one of the voters, and part of it is you're really not supposed to reveal what your ballot happens to be. Okay. Just, uh, just you know, everybody knows what the rules of engagement happen to be. I'm one of the voters, and since I am one of the voters, um, part of the agreement is we don't reveal what our ballots are. Okay, and we go from there. Okay, um, we don't know how the bowl thing will turn out. We're still waiting. You know, everybody is like, hey, it's going to be Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Who says Tulane's going to get to the Cotton Bowl? They're going to beat UCF first. If UCF wins, I think UCF's going, going to the Cotton Bowl. There's a lot that still needs to be determined in what order and how it goes about. And 
So we'll see. Um, here's one, and this has nothing to do with the selection process at all. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But I'm going to bring it up anyway, just as an interesting aside. How many years old is the Rose Bowl? Now I'm talking about the stadium. Okay, the stadium. I'm not talking about the Rose Bowl game. The stadium. How old is it? Let's see if Matt's been paying attention. Man, it's it's gotta it's gotta be close to hundred, right? This is it is one hundred this year. Nineteen twenty two. So who played in the first Rose Bowl game on its current site where they are right now in this stadium? Penn State? Yes. Penn State played USC 100 years ago in the first ever Rose Bowl game on the in that stadium. Hmm. Now, um, it has nothing to do with the selection at all, but it is an interesting historical aside, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Penn State and the Rose Bowl are is starting to really pick up steam across college football. Kirk Herbstreet himself even said today mm-hmm. that Penn State's got a very good chance to get to go to the Rose Bowl because of Ohio State being there last year, number one. But this is a good point, too. Just it, it, all it is is a historical aside. That's all it is. But I was just thinking about it last night. I mean, when you get an hour bus trip back to the airport and you get like an hour and a half flight back, you know, you got time to think. <laughs> um, some TV ratings. We'll get to that. Ohio State and Michigan, as expected, blew the doors off. Trent Dilfer's now the new head coach at UAB. By the way, Trent Dilfer's been a very, very good high school football coach. So we'll see how it works out for him. I think UAB's a good spot for him after coaching in high school and being successful in high school. Kind of see now how how he can... uh, cut his chops on this level you know everybody knows he can coach quarterbacks taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones sunbury motors 4th street in sunbury sunbury motors Kia routes 11 and 15 almost warp online at sunburymotors.com Ford Kionday, the best in new inventory. Nothing like having a new car. You know, you've, you know, right out of the gate, you feel like you know you've got something that you, that you want to take care of. It's going to last. It has a warranty, so if there's an issue, they will take. You know, you can bring it in. It's going to get taken care of. Budget may though insist and scream at you. You got to get pre-owned inventory. You might as well go with the people who give you the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Boy, is that 
ease and give the peace of mind to the buying experience. And a fabulous service department with great technicians that take care of the life of the vehicle, from the simple to the difficult. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Okay, TV ratings. Michigan and Ohio State, 17.1 million viewers. That is a wow. ABC's broadcast of South Carolina beating Clemson. Same time slot, 2.3 million, not bad. ESPN2 aired West Virginia, Oklahoma State, 694,000. Georgia, Georgia Tech on ESPN, 2.06 million. Rutgers and Maryland on BTN. Here, I'm going to let you guess. What's your guess? Following that? Yeah. So we have more stuff. So we have Michigan, Ohio State. 17 million, 17.1 million. Clemson, South Carolina, 2.3 million. Georgia, Georgia Tech, 2.1 million. Um, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, 694,000. Okay. BTN aired Rutgers, Maryland. How many viewers? I'm going to say uh, 99, um, uh, 990K. 990,000? Yeah. How about 97,000? <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> and I thought I was being generous. <laughs> oh, what a disaster. Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn, CBS, 6.2 million. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State, 3.5 million. And that was on ABC. Now, what's interesting is Fox Sports 1, which doesn't generate a lot of ratings. So I'm reading the story here. It says FS1 drew a strong audience for Penn State, Michigan State. They drew. 2 million viewers. And they don't draw 2 million viewers. They got 2 million viewers on FS1. Uh, they had Minnesota and Wisconsin on ESPN, same time slot, 1.7 million. Rambling against Southern, 720,000 on NBC. ESPN2 at Memphis, SMU, 213,000. Notre Dame, USC, primetime ABC, 6. Point seven million viewers. That is outstanding. Texas A&M beating LSU. 3.9 million on ESPN. ESPN2 at UCF South Florida, 329,000. Oklahoma, Texas Tech and FS1, 1.2 million. See the drop-off? That's 800,000 viewers they lost. After the Penn State-Michigan State game was over with, they lost 800,000 viewers to get to Oklahoma Texas Tech. Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State, 2.4 million. Very good. Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, 2.2 million. Baylor, Texas, Friday afternoon, 2.7 million. These are all good numbers. 
Tulane, Cincinnati. ABC, 1.7. Yeah. It's on ABC. I mean, yeah. Utah State, Boise State, CBS, 1.4 million. NC State, North Carolina, ABC, 3.6 million. Missouri, Arkansas, CBS, let's see. That's last year. UCLA, Cal, 3.2 million on Fox. Nebraska, Iowa got 1.47 million on BTN. Which, by the way, is actually down from last year. Arizona State, Arizona, 567,000 on Fox Sports 1. And the Florida, Florida State game on ABC in primetime on Friday, 6.7 million. That's really good. Wyoming, Fresno State on FS1, 260,000. So there you go. You wonder why they're paying so much money for the rights. And that's the reason why. Over and over again, it just keeps delivering really good numbers. Across the board. So that's that's the story on that. Um, so when does the high school basketball season start? It's got to be close, right? Yep, next don't weekend, they, in fact. Don't, don't uh, Kevin, the chief, usually have an opening tournament to go to? Yeah, it's the uh, it's the Meneer tournament, which does begin next week. I forget exactly the the matchups, but that does begin next week. And Sealens Grove's first broadcast and, and game is uh, Saturday against Trinity at home, which okay. will be myself and Ray Moyer once again, and then Kevin and the Chief will have uh, Shikalemi. Great. That is great. All right, looking forward to a great winter season now. Um. In fact, I'll be heading to Seals practice tomorrow after we're done here to check out the squad. Now, you got women's basketball tonight? I have a doubleheader. I have women's at 4.30, so I'll be yeah. ducking out of here shortly. And then the, against St. Bonnie, and then the men play uh, St. Francis PA tonight at 7. So we got a doubleheader at Soika tonight. Ooh, St. Francis is pretty good, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Out of the NEC. Yeah, not an easy matchup uh, for the Bison tonight after no, dropping no. a very bad loss to Marist last Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to make the turn into December. As we make it the turn into December, Big Ten men's basketball conference play starts with Penn State hosting Michigan State next Wednesday and then at Illinois on Saturday. Uh, Saturday the what 10th you're going to make the turn into December where high school football championships will be decided you make the turn into December where high school basketball starts you make the turn into December where you will end up getting um, uh, 
a lot of uh, bowl information coming out on Sunday. We'll have some fun with that on Monday. We are going to have to. We, we will do at some point. It will start Monday. We'll see. Um, does it interest you? Will you watch it? I had a lot of fun with that last year. Yes. Right. And it, look, it's just a fun sports talk show segment. Right? That's all it is. So we will do the. Okay. Does it interest you? And will you watch it? And there are 41 of them to talk about. And that is uh, that is, uh, and we always have a blast with that. So they'll have all 41 will be now. Penn State should find out its bowl fate relatively early in the day on Sunday. When you're a New Year's Six team, they do take care of that early. It's the other ones that take more time. And, you know, Penn State, in one form or another, is going to be a New Year's Six team. They're eighth in the poll. It played out exactly as we said it would. We said yesterday, Matt and I were talking about, that the order would be, and, I don't, and let's face it, it was not a difficult task to come up with the order. It was going to be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Clemson, right? So we already knew, had a good read on what it was going to be. So that's... So that none of that was a surprise. In thinking about it for a moment, and I know what the situation is with Tennessee and their quarterback, because... Hendon Hooker is out for the year. But with all due respect, Tennessee should be in front of Alabama, don't you think? And here's the reason why. Tennessee beat them. You know, we get you you know, we get to see like okay, one shot. Right? One shot. And Alabama as as what a great game Bryce Young played. Not a good game. He played a great game against Tennessee. But they had their one shot, and they didn't win it. Yeah, I know the, where the game was. The game was at Knoxville. The whole deal. But doesn't head-to-head mean something when you have the same record? And we all know that Hendon Hooker's out for the year. And yeah, I understand all that. Okay. But I sit back and go, you know what? I mean, Tennessee did win. Well, now then, well, now what? What does well, now what mean? You had your shot. You didn't win it. So the other team, you're talking about one spot here, six over seven. Just a thought. I don't know what you think about that. Oh, it's, it, it makes perfectly common sense. So, therefore, the CFP committee is not going to do it. 
And the next part is um, if TCU loses to Kansas State, and Kansas State's a good football team, very good football team, does TCU drop out of it? Do they lose their spot? Again, TCU is doing something that Ohio State's not doing. They're putting a 13th game on the line. And we've talked about that scenario before. But the... um, I think they do if USC wins. If they lose and USC loses, which I think is yeah. also a very big possibility, then I think TCU would it would be TCU but, and Ohio State. But if TCU loses but USC wins, does Ohio State replace replace TCU? As much as and if it was up to me, that wouldn't be the case. But knowing how things roll, yeah, I, I think TCU's out. I think Ohio State goes in. I think a lot of it's going to be as to, okay, first of all, TCU wins their end. So let's, so now we're playing the hypothetical um, when it comes to possibilities. So in playing the world of hypothetical, I'm wondering if it's, say, they, okay, so now, so we've taken winning off the table. Okay. The, Say, for example, that I think is it, maybe it's the way the game plays. If TCU loses on a last-second field goal to Kansas State, they might still keep their spot. Okay? But if Kansas State wins and they win by more than 10, and you watch the game, you're like going, oh, they played really well, TCU didn't play great. I'm not so sure they stay up there. Absolutely. So every single prognosticator has said the same thing, Penn State and the Cotton Bowl. And by the way, you keep seeing Tulane. That's only because they're the leader right now. If UCS, UCF beats Tulane, you know, UCF would go, right? Because they'd end up being higher ranked. Just, I just, I'm just throwing this out there so people know. Every single prognosticator has Penn State and the Cotton Bowl. And then Kirk Herbstreit brought up the Rose Bowl part last night. Now, I'm getting that from other people because, obviously, I was somewhat engaged at that moment on the air. And then there's today, Nick Bromberg from Yahoo. And he has put Penn State into the Rose Bowl. He's got Tennessee in the Cotton Bowl, and he's got Ohio State against Clemson in the Orange Bowl and Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. Wow. 
Now, we do have actually bowls that are confirmed. UAB is playing Miami of Ohio in the Bahamas Bowl. That's set. And then, oh, I always love this. Matt invites all of us over to the house. Lisa doesn't know we're showing up. The Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve, San Diego State, Middle Tennessee State. She see, she seemed a bit perturbed when we all showed up last year. Suit and I rolled in together, brought the chief with us. Lawrence, the whole thing, you're like, hey, how are you? Yeah, look at her face. Boy, I haven't seen that look since Star Wars. All right. (laughs) Remember when I said that Aloha Stadium means so much to me? Yeah, when there's a bowl game there, we're going to party. Yeah, we are partying on. That's confirmed. San Diego State, Middle Tennessee. They're in. And by the way, for Kev... Right now, the projection on Yahoo is Houston against UConn in the Independence Bowl. That's right. Shreveport, here they come. Bingo! Leaving Waterbury, Hartford, New Haven, Bridgeport, Danbury, Stores, New London, Norwich, Enfield in droves to go to Shreveport. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today, sponsored by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. So, we've had a little fun with the bowl scenarios this week. It's the, it's one of the weeks of the year we can have some fun and see what's going on. But, yeah. Uh, and we'll see how it plays. And now, first of all, first things first. You have to have Saturday, Friday night and Saturday play out in certain ways. Pac-12 championship game is Friday night. That'll be on Fox. Uh, If you're wondering if that's where Gus and Joel will be, no. It's going to be Jason Benetti and Brock Heward. Uh, Gus and Joel will do the Michigan-Purdue game on Saturday night. So, more in the next hour. Great to have you with us today. U.S. won yesterday. We're all in for breakfast at Matt's at 9 o'clock Saturday morning when they take on the Netherlands. I just got a text from Matt. Lisa doesn't know about this one either. 